0: This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. With me, Michael Keel. And me, Roger Bell-West. And we're in the depths of winter here in High Wycombe. Snow is falling outside. The birds are plummeting frozen from the sky. The wolves are howling. Uh, but that isn't your problem. Uh, this month we're going to have a bit of a rant about a couple of things. I'm going to rant about evil and the problem of it.
1: I'm going to rant about just feeling a bit... Fed up with this whole GMing thing sometimes. we else i going to mention? We'd like your money. Uh, we have a tip jar which helps encourage us to keep doing this stuff. And that's paypal.me slash
0: rogerbw. I promise I'll share it with Mike. He he tells me that I honestly get a 50% split. Honestly, I trust Roger. Onward. There's a wailing and a gnashing of teeth amongst the gamers in this part of the world. Roger is feeling a little burned out and is taking a rest. When came this sensation of surfeit or lack or whatever it is? Well,
1: it wasn't a um, sudden moment of revelation. It was simply realising that games were feeling increasingly like work to Mm. run and to prepare for.
0: I know that feeling. I I will I will I will say amen uh to that uh a
1: little bit. And since I am not, for the most part, getting paid for this. Yeah.
0: Hey, I, I ran into the chap who I who I got paid for uh GMing at uh, at uh HandyCon. He still seemed very enthusiastic and claimed it as a good memory. Good o Goodo. But okay, so given that you chose to do this in the first place Why do you think you can't go on doing it and having fun? Well, it feels as if it
1: is just taking more effort each time I do stuff. Whether that is correct or not, that is the perception. Mm. There are some games, well, we've mentioned occasionally before, there are are some games that seem to make the transition to being self-sustaining. Yeah. Um, For the World War II game, for example, which which I am keeping going in, in part because it would seem an awful shame to... Yes. Kill, kill it off in late 44. Um, that I, I could look at them and say, okay, this is what the PCs were up to last time, this is the obvious next mm. thing, this is what they've told me that they're, they're interested in looking into while yeah. it's done. Uh, whereas for, for example, the the uh, 1930 um, Hidden Magic Becoming Visible campaign, mm. uh it seemed as though I was always having to present what was going to go on. Now, some of that, of course, is, is what, what we've been talking about before, is the thickness of the world. Because mm. if the world is thin, then the players can't say, well, I want to do this. Because they don't have a good feel for
0: what possible it's values possible of this are. Yeah. And and in the the World War II game, you have players who want to go out and find out more things that they they can do and more stuff that they can bring to the table
1: yes but i don't want to blame the players because apart from anything else it's mostly the same players as i've had for ages
0: yeah um uh, but they, uh, but yeah and it's the same players in the 1930s thing and they are not sparking in the same way some of the same players
1: mm-hmm. certainly players I've, I've run other games with before um so it, it it's one of those it doesn't doesn't exactly matter how how blame should be assigned but but some function of the world i've built my gming and the player's attitude to it some some function of all three of those things is not working
0: yeah i I wasn't blaming your players i was saying i was rejoicing with you that you've got players that are that good (laughs) um i know the burden it is for a gm when the world is um is all their responsibility And it is hard sometimes with old-fashioned players to get them to contribute and to um, push things forward. Sometimes they'll do it at the table, but they won't do it um, as preparation, as uh, back thought. And sometimes I fear that I am too controlling and too desirous of having the last say on what happens and what is real in the universe. Um, especially with um, universes that I am creating. Mm. I've mm. I've always felt that GM
1: is, needs to be a benevolent tyrant. <sighs> both, both of these words are important.
0: Well, was that benevolent or malevolent? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting old and dead The point is certainly to, to collaborate
1: with the players in generating a, a, a good story, mm. but it is also to be in charge if you don't want to be Completely in charge, then then there are systems that yeah. explicitly depower the GM.
0: Yeah, I, I, I allowed myself to be persuaded in a moment of panic, looking for a replacement game, to buy the uh, the Gen Austin game, Good Society, that you recommended. I'm fairly sure it's not for me, but it's going to be an interesting experience reading it. I think I I plan
1: to try that probably with Watson Hall at some point. Though it, it does suffer slightly from the, from wanting
0: physical cards. Though they're not as yeah. important as they are in something something games. we we should actually something we should discuss at some future date is the is the limitations of not being around a table um, and not only um, on the internet but also um, in lounging around people's rooms yep there are there are games that I can't play with my Monday night group uh, because it's not around a table paranoia is one of them because it has a lot of the current iteration of oh, well the, the new, cards yeah. props and uh, things like that i yeah well i know your i know your sorrow brother um i've just decided that the um the stargate vr one um, uh, game isn't isn't sparking i think this is because i failed to take the advice you've often given and i've often given to have a plan for at least the first five episodes when you go in. I don't always take this advice myself. I ought to though. Yeah. Oh well I, I thought I thought the idea of a Victorian Stargate a campaign was really cool. And in many ways it's allowed me to do things which feel like they ought to be be cool. But I'm coming to the point at which they have their first starships. I would have to get into tedious Detail I can't just hand wave <laughs> the differences between um, a bunch of Victorian adventurers who have got have got themselves some ludicrously high tech starships uh, against a a bunch of t- uh, tyrannical artificial intelligences which go around posing as gods with all due respect that's pretty much what the writers of actual Stargate did yeah. Okay. Oh, that's pretty much. They they didn't
1: need the sort of consistency that that uh, I at least like as a role player. Well,
0: it's true, Um, but I'm. I found myself. I think I found myself having having to hand wave too much and not having your clear um, idea of what ought to be possible at this stage. And also, I found myself forgetting things I'd said earlier, and despite. Trying to keep... It's getting ludicrously complicated. Um, and the nature of the ancients is changing. It, it just wasn't sparking anymore. Mm. And I was having to do all the work because I couldn't... Uh, mm, perhaps I should have said to them, if there's anything you want to throw in here, uh, please, uh, uh, any any aspect of the 19th century. And further, I had written in two of the player characters weren't getting as much to do the, mm. the Daniel Jackson figure, the archaeologist who investigates ancient civilizations, and the South African big game hunter, uh, both found themselves without a lot, to, without a lot to do, mm. compared with the psychic, the uh, descendant of Ada Lovelace, and uh, <laughs> and the, the, the and the uh, and the army officer. Uh, I'm afraid that. Just
1: mentioning the title of the game gives, gives me an idea that I wish I'd given to you earlier when there was time to use it. Mm. A patriotic VR done in shell craters on the surface of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Burnout happens to everybody. Um... Yeah, Basically, I, I'm, I've stopped one of the games I was running. I'm mm. in the process. Of, yeah, I've called the final episode on the next one. Mm. I am. I am still around the World War II, as as discussed. And uh, what well, you've
0: got, a, you've got a plethora of material.
1: Yeah, there and a plan. But also, Watson Hall is um, much less effort than the other groups. And some some of that is the attitude of the players.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and some of it, I think, is simply scheduling rather than one every two weeks for for a year or more. Yeah. Which is the default model for the Wednesday nights. Uh, it's two or three weeks in a row, or maybe four or five. And then stop and three other people will take turns at GMing.
0: Okay. Um, so, what, so there
1: is plenty of time to, to put in an effort and then recover rather than having to do a constant pace. Well, apart
0: from not meeting face-to-face, what's different about the attitude of the Watson Hall group? Uh, I mean, in actual play I, rather I than I in wonder, scheduling. I wonder,
1: actually, whether, whether it is because we are all GMs at times hmm. and we've we've all being in that situation if I don't really fancy it just at this instant because I'm in a bad mood or whatever. Mm. Um, I mean, so quite a lot of, of the Wednesday night people are are GMs as well, but...
0: Mm. I've uh, I found myself... There are people in both my groups who don't GM and, and a couple who shouldn't GM. Um, and, yeah, I... I don't believe anybody else has the improvisational capacity which I think I have to throw something together at the last moment. Mm. I won't claim it was brilliant though it had its moments. Uh but I threw together a, a monster of the week um adventure for last night's game because I'd suddenly decided uh that Star Stargate Victoriana was uh, was not not doing it for me anymore. Um, and I hadn't decided to start a game at seven o'clock. I hadn't finally decided which system it was, but by four o'clock, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I, the the cool kids don't decide that until about seven fifteen. Come on, I am not. You can tell this <laughs> by uh, by my attitude. One of the cool kids, but uh, yeah. Sorry, cool sorry kids,
1: the- I'm being unfair to the Wednesday group because all, all but two of them, in fact, do yeah. GM at least sometimes. Well, I
0: think, I think the cool kids... If I were really a cool kid, I kept thinking yesterday, I would just start with a set of, of, uh, of index cards with character descriptions on them and improvise the, uh, the, the, the 1950s schoolgirl adventure that, uh, that I've talked about uh, mm-hmm. too often. But I'm not sure my players wouldn't boggle at a lack of system and a lack of support I sort of want to try it, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Have you run... I, remember, I know you run it with other people. Have you run Primetime Adventures with them?
1: Because mm. that's practically systemless.
0: It's true. Primetime Adventures, yes. But I think, but with the cards, and with throwing fan mail across the, the room, I think this is one which needs to be around a table. It is um, a possibility, but... Uh, something like Rhesus might actually. uh, Now I think of it. Now I think of it. Now I think of it. Twenty-four hours later, I think of Rhesus. Damn it! (laughs) All right. Given that we burn out from time to time, and we've got good enough manners, we think to give people warning that somebody needs to take up the slack. What do we do to recover from it? Well, the obvious standard example is run a different sort of
1: game. Certainly, the
0: last few campaigns i've run have been quite similar well i'm not sure I would give I would say run a different sort of game, but don't do it immediately. Mm. Go and um goof off from that particular responsibility for a while. Be a player actually is mm. is for a while is actually um, then you can look at other people, and think, yeah, I could do better than
1: that. <laughs> And I, I tended for a long time to avoid fantasy and dungeon bash type games, so the obvious thing to do would be one of those. I don't really feel much enthusiasm for that. And, yeah. and in part, I, I think this is because um, procedural stuff is increasingly well done by board games. I mean, you, you, you've had a board ge- board games of fighting in dungeons since mm. the 1980s.
0: Yeah. Um, but, they are,
1: but they've got better. But, but they've also, got a lot better, yes. Also, you've got things like uh, Mysterium or Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective or... So on where this is sufficiently dealing with real worldishness that you can have the incidental role playing very easily. Mm. Yeah, this is this is, um, oh yeah, the, the FFG Cthulhu Mythos games, um, yeah. things like Arkham Horror, um, Mansions of Madness, yes. partic- particularly the new edition where, where yeah. people are writing their own scenarios for it and getting a bit beyond the punch Cthulhu in the face, um, tread on his tentacles, that's what really hurts. Yeah, what I mean by incidental role-playing is the stuff that doesn't really affect anything, but it just provides colour. And, you know, in in a Dungeon Bash, I'm a dwarf, so I talk about beer and axes. Yeah. And I do like to go a little beyond that and have a system that says, right, this character has a liking for beer, and that is a specific thing that can get him into trouble, Mm. rather than just he says it when it's funny and otherwise it doesn't affect things. Mm. Yeah and that, that, that's why I like GURPS I think Fate does
0: this well I think a lot of systems now have some sort of disadvantage type mechanic yeah um, the monster of the week has the uh, the the fact that the uh, the, the spellcasters have dark and deadly packs to power their magic and when they fluff it up they they tend to go a bit doolally but just, you're smarter than some dumb old demon aren't you you can take, take it, it. <laughs> Yes, it makes me mad. mad. do you hear me mad? Um, all right, I am but where was I? I was saying I was saying, go and be a player hmm. go and be yeah, and you were saying you did, you didn't like um dungeon bashes because I like quests. well, they just don't inspire me particularly. the fa-
1: fantasy setting in general and dungeon bashing in particular
0: well i like I like quests. I, I feel a certain sympathy. For one of my players, who says, "You know where you are with a sword, but with it's got a right end and a wrong end, and you point to the wrong end away from you, and and uh, 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 and when you when you when you've got a blaster, you've got to wor- worry about uh, batteries and range and uh, and whether it and uh, what the effects are. You know where you are when you chop people into pieces, <laughs> and and I don't feel as bad about the hand wavium the you, running things purely because they're symbolic and cool. when I'm doing uh, fantasy games, because that's how it should work. goddammit. damn it! And it's on the and on the other hand, it is fun to go all practical about the details of what dragons actually need that hoard for. I do dietary supplement. I do
1: have vague ideas from time to time about uh, use, using 14th century France. Mm. With You know, complete with, yeah, as we've said in previous occasions, you can't go wrong with a mad nun. Yeah. Um, kings who are only slightly less mad than the nuns. At least two competing popes, etc. <laughs> well, but, it seem, seem, seems it seems to me as it, as if it should be a good background for for a, a, a game that could be, to some extent, your actual dungeon bashing. Mm-hmm. But when you come out and go into civilization, that's so much more dangerous. Take me back to the knife-slaves nice, dungeon, please, where I can see the people who are trying to
0: kill me. Yeah. I I have one of the games that really needs um, a contributing and active set of players um, is Ask Magica. And as you know, I've had uh, ambitions to do, possibly online, an Ask Magica game uh, since almost forever. Mm. And uh, I have to say, the last time I tried it, it crashed. And... And it fell, it fell. I think into one of my own periods of not feeling wonderful. I think you can, you probably ought to take your own physical health into account, especially at our age, and the mm. cycles of feeling good and not so good. And um, well, well, ride I, I, the I, good, ride the good ones. But playing that, running a good campaign is a contributor to my health, and um, being happy about my weekly amount of creative input and output. Um, is is also another factor, mm. but some days you're just down and you aren't functioning that well yeah I, I i know a
1: few people who have who get really severe bouts of depression and while i'm not to that level mm. I can certainly recognize yeah today is the day when i 'm just not gonna get, not going to get much stuff done
0: that's any mm. good so i'll go and do something else instead yeah let and us the... say be kind to your uh to your gming friend <laughs> Um, he will have problems, um, and, and and
1: and since this occurred to me, I've, I've already had uh, some some ideas for new campaigns. So, so take I'm a breather, Roger, Roger. Yes. So, so I'm specifically not not doing anything in detail, but just write, writing them down. I I, I yeah. have a file labelled steampunk, hmm. uh, which may well happen at some point. I, I I have the idea for a set of mechanics for hmm. a Mission Impossible type game, which I think we've mentioned here before. But no inspiring details yet so basically these are just gradually building up and by, by the time I actually feel like running something again with any luck
0: I'll actually have significant amounts of notes that, that's what that's what one hopes I have a little book like that myself and some of the I, some of the things in there are decades old I was a little depressed when I circulated my uh my Monday night group with would you like me to do this would you like me to do that to note that there's there's something there which is at least a decade old and has been put into every single prospectus I've put out, and they all say, "No, no, this doesn't sound like very much fun at all." Well, maybe they're telling you that they don't think it sounds like fun. <laughs> they are, and I think, but oh, never mind. Um, I, I really have to, uh, I, I really have to edit that that file uh, before I, I send it out ever again. Okay. There will be other games, and mm. we are planning to go on to them. But at the moment, um, at the moment, we feel a little burnt out. We apologise for this. Normal service will be resumed as soon as we find our enthusiasm. Onwards.
1: I wouldn't put it quite that, that hard. I mean, I'm still I'm still enthusiastic to to talk talk about stuff. I just don't feel like actually doing it because that's work. Onwards. And, and who help old ladies across the street, whether whether they want to cross or not, but sometimes one doesn't feel like that. And um, people who are perhaps still protagonists but less heroic can be can be um, an interesting role playing
0: challenge. What what do you make of that? I make of that. Uh, I make of the fact that 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 I don't believe it. This is this is part of my of my trouble. I wouldn't want you to say. I want to say that I am a deeply. Um, ethical or decent person but I am fairly law-abiding. Um, I have the honesty disadvantage though I, I, I am sometimes callous. I I, I respect the law um, and this makes, there's something that stretches my disbelief suspenders about the possibility of success for criminal enterprise long-term. I mean and I think one of the things that focused my mind on this was um trying to read blades in the dark which I still haven't finished but is basically about a criminal gang in a fantasy city which is in a world which is doomed um and 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 trying to uh make their crude hard way uh, to success whilst bashing down the other gangs and exploiting the, the populace and what have you. And I'm tr- people, this is a very popular game. It's been the big thing. It's got a, um, a science fictiony version called Scum and Villainy. And I don't get the fun of this. And what's more, I know that in d d terms, um, there are people out there who like playing evil characters, even in sort of neutral groups and like playing absolutely evil groups. And I don't get it. I barely managed to get um, uh, Vampire the Masquerade in my one campaign of it, mostly because um, I concentrated on the being, uh, being um, a noble uh, person turned into a monster and not on being a monster. And I don't get this stuff. Where is the fun? I'm reminded of a, a quote by somebody on the SJ
1: Games Forums uh, the the only opportunity for heroism in the vampire campaign I played in went something like this GM, the sun's coming up. Wanna go home? Me.
0: No, I think I'll stay and watch. Hmm. Yeah, I I I this is this is my my, my limit. This is the point at which I might say yes to a campaign but then I'm going to be that player of uh, <laughs> the one who uh, the one who subverts the entire intent of the of the game. I have a uh, a player like that in my campaigns. She's a lawyer and she likes the law and respectability and all that sort of thing. And she, though she can play aristocratic disdain and um uh, and even even taking the uh uh the decisions out of the hands of the little people um very well she doesn't believe she she doesn't want to play characters who are defying the law skirting the law um generally doing desperate things um it was a bit of an issue when we played nights black agents the simple setting for for
1: something like that seems seems to me World War Two resistance campaign. Yeah, actually, know, the, yeah. The, the law is blatantly unjust, and most people will agree with you on that. Yeah, but
0: it would be an interesting test to uh, run a liberate an underground railway game in which you're busting slaves out of mm-hmm. um, out of out of uh, captivity and running them to the border. That would be, it would be noble, but it would be totally against the law. Yes, uh, uh, I I do wonder. I don't think I could propose it to her, but I do wonder how she would react to that sort of thing. I think it's come possibly comes back
1: to one of the things I always say, which is that no sane person is a villain in their own mind. Mm. So, if, if you're you're criminal. Mastermind, say, or your or your criminal gang, they they may well be fairly horrible people, but they will at the very least think of themselves as helping the oppressed of the city, or whatever. Yeah, there will uh, there, be some justification that they give to themselves for doing it. You know then they're, they're not typically they're not particularly stupid. They they are aware that if everybody did what they do, things wouldn't work very well.
0: Yeah, the well, two things. Firstly in the In the world of blades in the dark um everybody seems to be doing that sort of sort of thing. The entire society is corrupt. The world is cursed and possibly dying, and at that point, criminals are parasites they can kill the uh the organism they're attached to, but they survive longer if the organism is at least vaguely healthy mm-hmm. and I don't believe that I don't believe that a society that is corrupt from top to bottom survives very long um, and in a world where you're in a permanent uh, magical emergency I don't believe I don't believe it would be tolerated military dictatorship yes uh, an oppressive collectivist state yes but uh, but an, a, a place where nobody's safe, everybody's a criminal, everybody rips everybody else off, just isn't going to survive very long. I'm reminded of caper shows, and in particular something like
1: Leverage, mm. where the writers went to a lot of trouble, because you know, this is a series about a group of criminals, they are professional criminals. Yeah. The writers go to a lot of trouble to to emphasise that the people they are stealing from, conning, whatever, are really bad guys. yeah. Yeah, you know, the, 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 these people are do, doing bad things to bad people in order for good stuff to happen, you know, so, so that the, the, the guy who was ripped off by the company can get his life savings back, thats that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: In theory, that's admirable in practice. The, the point is to make it acceptable to the audience, it has to go that far. Yeah. In practice, I've, I've never really liked caper movies either. The thing is, I worry about the f- f- power fantasy of the people who like the Darkness games, the games where they can do anything and not worry about the consequences. Yeah, I think to, to some extent this,
1: this classic D&D looks a lot like this once you drop the idea that there are some creatures that are intrinsically evil. Hmm. Because the, the things that a typical dungeon-bashing party would do would be completely unacceptable.
0: To, yeah, in, in anything like a functioning society, but the goblins, the orcs, or whatever, are outside the society. They are, ah, uh, they are the enemy. Um, and if and they're completely
1: irredeemable, all you can do is kill them. There is no way of doing mm. anything else. And th- this is very much like the way Nazis got used in fiction, really. Yeah, well, yeah, punching
0: Nazis. Um, Everybody can get behind that. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, there there have been recent occasions on which uh, people have brought that to the to the streets, especially in America, and that really doesn't have a good look at all. Um, it's not a good thing to do, and, and I worry about the effect. And that's that's the 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 fact that some people felt it was all right for them to go up to people who were pontificating in a right wing fashion on the fa- in, on the streets and smash them in the face is the result of all those years of of movies in which smashing somebody in the face is the solution. And I worry about the art that you make when you can do anything and there is no unjustifiable action. Yeah, well, I agree. And...
1: Apart from anything else, if if there's anything like an overall plot in the campaign, you've you've got to have a reason for the characters to stick to it. Hmm. And if they are power fantasizing, then then they don't have a reason to do that particularly. Um, hmm. I think some some of this is 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 just well, we we know a, a lot of the fantasy, the modern fantasy tradition. You, the, the 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 a lot of the things D and D drew on were themselves drawing on Westerns and similar. Uh, mm. Howard wrote plenty of Western as well as yeah. Conan and other things. A lot of which is actually jolly good, incidentally. But the point is, Western pulps yeah. are not known for their moral subtlety. No. Um, there, there are good guys and there are bad guys, and sometimes they need to be subtle because the bad guy is somebody who can't just shoot because he's got the cops on his side. Yeah. But, you know, th- th- that he's still a bad guy.
0: Yeah but the, the interesting thing is that the western emerges out of a very broken period in American history out of the the country being torn in two mm-hmm. and people fleeing from what they did in the war out into the desert where they could still be uh they could still use the talents they had acquired in the, in the war at against the indians against if if against nobody else and there was very little in the way of uh, of reliable law and and order. Yeah, and I think some of the appeal uh, is
1: that idea that this this is a situation. I won't say society because it isn't really, but it, it, it it's a setting in which you can solve problems with your fists and swords and guns. Yeah, and that, that obviously has an appeal. It, it, it's an appeal that I don't really feel anymore. But
0: well, the the the. I, sorry,
1: to, sorry, to 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 extend that just a little bit, I, th- I think if you've got a setting like that, if you've got players who like that, then trying to merge that into a
0: functioning society isn't really going to work. Hmm. I feel... Yeah, I feel the noble thing... Well, the noble thing is clearly the sheriff in Hainun, who is trying to do his duty and to maintain the idea of Law and order against the, against the 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 code of vengeance and against uh, the indifference and cowardice of his, of his uh, of his fellows, hmm. and it's a little harder to do that narrative with a group of people, um, but I think it can be done. Where I thought um, what was it called? a dog's in the vineyard broke down was the fact that it, it the the time i played it it seemed to degenerate into um law ma- lawmaker against lawmaker um a tr- struggling to find a truth that they could prove and ending up doing it with their guns that may have been me not understanding the game mm. but that that clash between interpreting what the the final judgment is is built in, is baked into it, and I find that. I, find, I found the escalating uh, mechanic of it to be very annoying, to be honest. But uh, maybe I would feel differently going back to it, but I don't know. I'm not going back to it. I've still got a copy, but I'm not going back to it. I've
1: heard some session recordings, but I've not played it. Yeah. Is this a limit on me? Um, I can't. Well, to some extent. Yeah and to to, All right. no, to, to cut to a thing you mentioned briefly. Um what it, what is the end game? I and mean, let, let's ignore the whole end of the world thing. Yeah. But let let's so let's just say that a game about a criminal gang. How 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 does that have a happy ending? And I would bring in as evidence here the entire run of the Sopranos, which is saying that there isn't. Yeah. Um, it's you, a da- it's you, know, a- you, you, you may dream of retiring to the country, but it ain't gonna happen. Mm yeah the uh
0: uh, as far as i can make out blades in the dark uh, Dark says you make as much money as you can and hope that you've got a really positive balance at the moment when you finally snap and become useless as as a criminal (laughs) um i don't really believe in the in the long-term viability of their societies i've read about it so far no no you're right and the players who are going to enjoy the power fantasy are not going to enjoy the tragic ending. And maybe the players who are looking forward to the tragic ending aren't going to enjoy the power fantasy. It feels really like two separate games. Yeah. To to mention a thing that I know
1: I'm mentioning a lot at the moment, um, Mission Impossible is a caper show in all but name.
0: hmm it's a show, uh, yeah. He it's, it's, he's, he's, a, has
1: this very clever framing that we, we are working for for an anonymous good guys agency. Hmm. So, so we are dealing with not nasty communists and spies and all the rest of it. And the secretary will decide. Uh, yeah, it, it's and you know, if if you strip off that introduction, it could just as easily, most hmm. of the things they do, could just as easily be about a criminal gang. Yeah, but because it's framed that way, it, it it removes that particular restriction. I wonder if there's something similar one could do to to remove. I mean, I don't know how do you, do. Do you feel that that works better for you than something like leverage? I th-
0: I I think that's that's doable. It's um, I well, what it is, it's a weekly happy ending, but it's not a campaign arc. True. I don't know that a modern. A modern Mission Impossible would have a campaign arc, and it would probably, at some stage, involve having questions about the IM force itself, and who they are, and what they're doing, and what their real agenda is. I've lost track of the films, but as far as I can see, in the modern film series,
1: that that pretty much happens every film or two. Yeah. Somebody takes over the agency. And there is great questioning about, should we really have an agency with this sort of power? And obviously the answer is yes, because
0: then Tom Cruise gets to bounce off things. But... <laughs> As opposed to bouncing Tom Cruise off things. I think, yeah, I I find... Yeah, for the criminal gang, the happy ending is the job going off well and... Um, and... And you you get you heading for the for the hills with a large amount of money but yeah it it it, it is the entry every week it's the short term happy ending yeah, but the Italian job subverted that in the sixties, mm. and the modern sensibility is I can play fiasco, I can play being a complete and utter bastard. Provided I know my chances are that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to have to do it for a long time, and my, the chances are this is not going to end well. I do, I do wonder whether one of the things that's
1: coming out of this is that is perhaps one should think in terms of bias towards shorter term games and. Mm. I, I've certainly said before that I think the idea of having a defined endpoint for a campaign is a good idea, More, possibly even not a very distant endpoint. Oh, well, yeah,
0: you're like yeah, your yours was the end of the Second World War, early or early or late. Most recently, uh, Yeah, but I'm I'm just thinking in in
1: general if t- the the canonical end for a D and D campaign is somebody moves away, and other people stop being able to make it, and things just sort of peter out, and. While, a, while, it, while this is certainly great fun to have a, have a campaign that runs for multiple years and ha- has lots of legendary about it, I'm wondering whether perhaps planned short-term... I mean, obviously, this is something something we're doing with Watson as well. Um, hmm. But, you know, an adventure or two, and then put it on hold for a bit. And then if we feel like doing it again, we'll we'll do it again. And if we're not... But, but at least we stopped at a stopping
0: point. Yeah. I don't know if I can tie it in, but the... One of the decisions that uh, Chaosium made with RuneQuest Glorantha was to move it forward past certain points, certain known points in Gloranthan history, and to um, and to redefine redefine it as after the Dragon Rise, and in a way that opens it up. But the fact that the previous setting was always going towards the point at which the dragon rises, Calier rides into uh, Boldholm bold and, and uh, proclaims herself Prince of Sartar. The fact it was aiming towards that always gave campaigns, if they ran long enough, a chance to come to an important end hmm. of, the, of the campaign. Now, the way I'm going to do this, the way I'm running it, is I'm five years earlier in a different part of the country in the different part of the continent and the the events the big events of the of the hero war starting up are going to be happening far away and in the background but i think i'm going to use that as a defining point to move the campaign towards seems viable yeah anyway good and evil um i i sort of apologize to my players for having this moral code it's spoiled the pleasure of at least one of my players who wanted to be a slightly more dodgy character than I allowed him to end up being. Well, uh, Rogue with the Heart of Gold is a standard fictional archetype. Yeah, but he he wanted to be a lot more ruthless than that. (laughs) Here's to ruthlessness. And onwards. And in the spirit of just one more thing. And I I remember what I was going to say. Um, about, uh, no man is a villain in his own mind. Well, first of all, I, as I've said before, I'm not entirely sure that's true. Um, I think there are people who are aware of their own, um, amorality, immorality, and revel in it. But. I said sane man, sane person. <laughs>
1: sane and fun I, I don't think you'll find anybody who, who decides to get up and be
0: evil is sane. All right. But given that the average villain thinks that he's uh, not as bad as he's painted, I don't know, does that give a disconnect? Maybe I'm not acting right when I play characters like that. Um, There's a disconnect of the identification. There's if you want to maintain your own sense of yourself, there's always going to be a, a disconnect between the immersion and your awareness that you're playing a part different from you. But that's any role-playing. Mm, maybe. Maybe this is why I'm not a good method actor. Probably. Mm. I want to be in there. I want to be identifying with the person on a level without that degree of compromise of, of irony in the uh, that seems to be that seems to be needed to um, to live with that sort of person on a long term basis this may be uh, one of the reasons I'm not a very successful actor but I don't quite know oh, well.
1: I wonder I, I don't don't uh, do any, anything like method i think but uh, what what i the way i conceptualize it is i'm run i run a simulation of somebody else's mind in a spare bit of mine yeah maybe that's what, what and and I, and I have cer- certainly had um, conversations with with player characters that i've been playing at the time mm. because after all i have control of the mouth so i need i need to know what they want to do next <laughs> and then then i can tell the gm but that, that, I, I, that, that is that is how it works for me. That that's how that's how I get into a character. I I, I do have this yeah. emulated
0: mind. Well, realistic that's what, what what everybody does, but the Stanislavski thing I think is to cut out the middleman and let the and let the simulation run without too much um ing and fro-ing Uh I uh, try acting, dear boy. Yeah, well, it would be easier, but but I I I I lost after the immersion of being there, of being bound up in the movement and the imagination and the ideas just flowing, and it happens rarely enough. And being out of moral sympathy with the, with the character, which is it, it, the reason that playing Hitler is such a horrendous job, is that you have to forget everything that he chose to forget and not pay any attention
1: to. I think perhaps the phrase might be, how do you sleep at night? You need to know how he sleeps at night yes. in order to run a functioning model. It's true.
0: And how he looks at himself in the mirror in the morning. Um is is also hmm. also the question but this is getting into uh, abstract matters of art and i uh, can't of say we, we, we never do that no and i can't say which is better or which is worse but i can you know note my limitations and move on
1: listener Brett Oval asks, Broadly speaking, how do you get better as a GM other than, well, practice?
0: Hum. And of course, that's certainly a big part of it. Well, first of all, listen to this podcast for sage advice. We throw it off virtually without thinking. Sometimes it may even be of value. Uh, Read different games for a start. And if you like the idea of them, run them. I mean, would say um, that if you can run short campaigns on the internet and run things with different people, that's probably going to help. This isn't advice I've taken much myself.
1: But you certainly can get into a rut where a particular group will approach things in a particular way and you assume that's
0: the way they'll do it. And you assume that that's all the types of role players there are. Um, discovering more about um, how how to service um, if that's not to double entendre a phrase um, different kinds of of role players will improve your skills uh, another approach is uh, running games at conventions yes which is fun yeah um, and uh, and we'll bring you together with um, different kind different kinds of players again um the There is no substitute for practice, practice, practice. There. Absolutely. Um, w- one
1: thing that I, I found moderately useful is, is a post-mortem. This doesn't need to be in the context with the other players, mm. though on the rare occasions other players give comments this is often useful, but just thinking over for, for oneself, what went well in that session, what didn't go well in that session... Mm. How could that have been handled differently, and so It doesn't need to be a public self-criticism, but um, no session is perfect. No,
0: and there are um, there are there is sometimes, if you have the opportunity, uh, a good good reason to say to your players, "How do you think this is going? Are you having fun? What am I not doing right or enough of?" Or too much of um I have done this, and have been told you're doing fine, Michael, you're doing really well, um we like we like everything, keep it up, and I have been told, well, actually, you're not giving me enough to do, and you're focusing too much on these issues, and can we get away to that and sometimes that's correctable, and sometimes it's not, yeah, um writing up. How a whole camp, making notes or um, writing it down somewhere, how a whole campaign went is also probably good practice.
1: Yeah, I've, I've certainly found it helpful to keep campaign logs. That's
0: not to say I do it every time, but particularly for a long game. I do, I keep, I keep, um, a diet, each uh, week I go to a game with uh, an A4 uh, lined uh, journal um, in which I keep notes. And the outline of what I'm going to do that week, I record most of my uh, sessions nowadays, though they don't get written up till months later, and that at least gives me a reference to say, "Hell, what was the thing I said <laughs> at the last moment last time?" Yeah, and they say, and and I can I can go back and search things out, and uh, and discover the unwise thing that I have said, and and how I'm really going to have to. Um, Work around it, or maybe even wreck on it, hmm. uh, out of existence. Yeah. Um, keep notes. Keep um, keep records of old of of characters, even those that you generate on the fly and um, and uh, purely for a for a procedural moment. As Reg, much. Red Bartley was not not a major character, intended to be a major character in Star Trek, but he became a semi regular. So, as much stats as you need to run them in whatever system you're using. Yeah, um, that may actually be nothing. The stats you you produce may actually be nothing other than a verbal description of the character. Mm. If you've never needed the stats uh, before, but a sign of a good system, a system that works well for you, is one in which you can improvise um, game mechanical things in a hurry. Yep, uh,
1: I would say it's quite handy to develop some sort of toolkit for analysing the shapes of stories. Um, Several people speak very highly of Northrop
0: Fry's Anatomy of Criticism, which I've never read, and I probably should. Uh, uh, Several people, including Robin and and Kenneth Hyde, I've tried reading some Northrop Fry, and I went, this man is very much cleverer than I am, how I wish he was using his skills to communicate more clearly with me. The the thing that I think
1: is perhaps missing from that, as a tool for role playing, is that he's analysing by by definition great literature. That's mm. what he's interested in, not necessarily great, but at least literature. Whereas, let's fi- let's face it, role playing is about a lot of the time the, the the quick easy things. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it grew out of pulp. Um, it, it's meant to appeal to the player. So, so when he argues that there is there is a a, a tension between the populist and the literary, yeah. I say, well, yes, and sometimes with role playing, quite often, in fact, you need to be on the populist end of things.
0: It's true. Um, the the my doubts about the literary load bearing capacity of role playing games. Is one of the reasons I'm a bit dubious about uh, Good Society. The, however, um, there's a fashion nowadays for looking at story structure through the eyes of um, scriptwriters, Robin Laws has, and, and the analysis that, that they bring to the stories that mm. they write. Robin Laws is a big enthusiast for this. Uh... Yeah,
1: um, Mike Pondsmith did, did this with Dream Park in the nineties, did he? Yep.
0: Oh my! There, like there,
1: there is the same beat analysis. You'll find uh, Hamlet Set Points does it in more detail, but Dream Park has beat analysis in just the same way, hmm. and and saying you should you should alternate the um, you know, the action stuff and the plot progression stuff and so on. Well, it, I mean, it's I- it's there. Um, I
0: did feel you, did you just
1: get, have to get past the horrible font effects.
0: <laughs> All right, um, I you've kind of distracted me. Now, I feel that one of the things you should not be aiming too far ahead in the overall story when you do a session. There, there's not room for more than a handful of scenes. Five scenes in a, in an evening's game would be. Um, a remarkably fast pace of progress, and you should have the final final scene in your mind when you go to the table. Mm. You should have the the climax you're moving the other scenes towards i I'm not as structured as that, but it's something I should try yeah uh, uh, well i i i don't i i i only start i start out with in my mind of where this is going, who they're going to fight at the end. What they're going to discover at the end, the big reveal at the end if, I, if I'm being that, uh, that, uh, uh, and being that ambitious, and the scenes in between are steps along the path towards that, um, and then sometimes I turn up and they decide they're going to go and do something else entirely, mm. which I had forgotten that they said they were going to do, um, and I have to improvise at the end. but still that's the structure I go with. Hmm.
1: I've said before that uh, consuming appropriate types of drama, and in, in the broad sense, you know whether that's books, films, yeah. whatever, uh, is a good idea. Not not just for ideas that you can pinch, though that's good. But but for the shapes of stories, uh, the, this leads to that. That leads to the other thing. Hmm. The, one, one does one doesn't need to to reduce this to beat analysis to say that yeah that particular thing worked. I can I can borrow it.
0: I think I think um, stories also good for the shape of relationships relationships are things we don't do terribly well some of the time often the uh the player characters are um somewhat detached from their families we try and make this well th- this situation. this harks back to the western again doesn't it yeah <laughs> all, all, the, all those uh, all those civil war vet- veterans who've um, lost their place in society yeah I was going to say that the the pulps of the nineteen thirties are also about uh, broken society hmm. and uh, about, except that uh, at that point the there is a, a law and it's not a just one.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, having at least, yeah, you know, the, there were romance pulps as well. But talk, talking in general about the the sort of things we usually talk about when we mean pulps, your, your adventure stories and hmm. things. Intended for a primarily male audience, who frankly didn't want to read about hmm. Gucci stuff.
0: Yeah, except that in modern, uh, it's why they were underserved. Yeah in in modern um, in modern adventure things, the Gucci stuff is there, and it's and it's part. It should be part of the action, part of the drive. Yeah, and we
1: we can do better. I'm, I'm saying this. This is. Yeah. I think my role playing defaults to. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Also, it was uh, it it um, is it, played by geeky males and adolescent males, and um, we have and this is frankly this. embarrassing to
1: do a declaration of love in front of one's friends in a way that a declaration of torture is perhaps not.
0: It's true. The uh, the one of the best things I I, I saw was when uh, when uh, when Graham Slayer uh, uh, declared her love. Uh, for for Martin's Werewolf, but that's the only occasion which I've really managed to pull off uh, inter-player character love at the table, I think. Mm. Um, there, was, there have been relationships with NPCs, but they are obviously easier to run um, from the embarrassment point of view.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I'm, we're getting
0: off topic. We're getting off topic. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm wondering whether one could, one could usefully go outside one's chosen genre as well. I, I'm fairly sure one can yeah. but that's just because I read a lot um, taking something that you know, we we are in theory most of the time dealing with human beings yep All and these people wh- yeah but let, let's deal with humans because most of the people I know are human um, and wh- while they may spend a lot of their time um, bashing orcs with swords or whatever hmm. They are still human beings, and and if if you if you say to a player that woman over there winks and catches your eye, it's not an alien concept. It it, it may be a very unexpected thing. Yeah. So I, I, I think one one can at times um, transplant from really quite a long way away. Uh, and 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 bring in a a a, a romance plotline to an action adventure game, for example. Yeah. I think I think, yeah, obviously giving giving the players a choice whether they're going to follow up
0: on it because it's, it's yeah, yeah because if they're not going good. to
1: enjoy it it's not it's not going to work
0: <coughs> yeah well that's part of what I was going to say which was mashups
1: or or well, don't don't reject things because they seem to be out of genre well what I was going to say
0: was mashups or um or crossovers are decidedly fun to do and using the Tropes of one thing, uh, Jane Austen games make me make me want to to do secret magic, mm. um, and there, there's something about the Regency and um, well, all right, this is this is me wanting to do uh, Jonathan Strange and Mister Mister Norrell again, mm. um, but but the the there's something about the the Wild West which just calls for hidden horror and and. and <laughs> And terrible things out there beyond the town limits Uh, and and gangsters and Cthulhu seem to go together almost without without stretch but there's also high romance high courtly romance and deep space and yet mix stuff up and bring new fire to uh, to your games but that's about writing, not about the technicalities of GMing. I, I would also say consume bad fiction, which is a thing i said before, um,
1: because it's easier to pick apart.
0: And say what they're doing wrong?
1: Not just that, but if you, if you want to... Generally, I, I find the sort of bad fiction I'm talking about, has you know, it, it has various things in it and, and mm. stuff. Stuff happens, and it leads to something else, but it leads loosely to something else mm. and you, you can pluck out an individual plot element or character or whatever much more easily than if it's fully integrated into the story.
0: Yeah I would also say read nonfiction, read uh, read history and, yep. and the the depths um, of any particular subject that, that you're interested in. Well, um, read everything, but well, yes. Really, yeah, you can, I'm, I'm well, yeah. I'm Rocket still... It's actually impossible to read everything. You don't have Alas, enough time yeah. to, to build up. Uh, I I certainly don't have enough time to build up the uh, the background knowledge needed to have an opinion on half of the subjects that come up around my table. The last
1: person who had read everything was probably Samuel Coleridge.
0: No, he hadn't. No, no. he Everything that was available to him, <laughs> which was quite a bit. I don't think Coleridge had any real knowledge of calculus. Mm, I think he understood it as it was there at the time. Mm.
1: Anyway. But yes, yes, this is true. Uh, I I certainly carry in the back of my mind whenever I am reading anything, how can I get this into a game? Mm. I have not yet worked out how to get the
0: history of the shipping container into a game, but it will come. Oh, you could... uh... It, it's a paradigm for the uh, for the southern game changing technology which people don't notice at the time. It's um a thought provoking example of how much a future uh, society will not need a lot of the stuff that we do now, and it's a good way to think about a story of of a future where we all ought to be at leisure. And having easier lives, but we're not. But this may be uh, bringing too much politics into the uh, into the role play, acts of the role playing table, mm. and mm. too much too much painful politics as well. On the other
1: hand, one one could relatively easily say um, yeah, canonical traveler goods, at least in the early days, were pretty much break bulk.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, you 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 have to have people loading and unloading them. Yeah, now that that may be because the people who wrote Traveler just weren't terribly interested in the in the technicalities. And to be fair, it's better for adventure. Yeah, um, um, but if one if one posited a technological um, improvement such that all of a sudden loading and unloading could be done faster and, and without as much pilferage, yeah, that that would certainly
0: affect a Traveler type universe. I'm not quite sure how the scale of things in Traveler allows containerization. I think containerization is really more possible when you can send a, a message ahead, which you really can't do in in, in travel and well the, the 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 book I'm talking about, of course, is the box. yeah, um, read it. it's very
1: interesting and and it, it does have in it some some of the things that were done as adaptations to or in the process of going to a fully containerized approach. for example, you you would get a bunch of small companies that all do business with the same other country clubbing together to rent a a container shipment, that sort sort of thing. And it's that sort of little detail that I find makes for very good games because it feels like a real thing. Mm. Uh, The the little bit where somebody tried to patent the um, wedge that let you stack containers on top of each other cheaply. (laughs) Because that's how you make money. You take an obvious idea and say, this is mine. Yeah. It's one way to make money. (laughs)
0: <laughs> probably not the best way. Uh we organization and this is definitely um advice we give but I don't follow. Organization of your notes of your materials
1: um yeah I'm not I'm not going to advocate specific tools. Some some people say Evernote is wonderful. I like Emacs Org mode. It's it's the best one I've found. Mm. But yeah,
0: whatever works. Learn to use visuals is one thing I would say for a a GM. Learn to, you probably aren't an artist in yourself, but there's a whole world of information, of things you can show the players and say, this is what it looks like. And one picture is worth a thousand words and will spark more in your players' minds than anything else with. Well, and Jonathan that, Tweet proved that with Everway back in the nineties, and um, it needs to be proved again and again for fresh generations of um, of of GMs. And there is now a website
1: to which you can feed a photograph of a person, and it will do a reasonably good job of removing the background and leaving the person.
0: There are there are uh, uh, there are um, programs which will turn um, a photograph. Um, into what looks like uh, a line drawing Mm -hmm. and uh, that can be useful for for atmosphere but above all if you're a cami searcher um, google will provide you with pictures of just the person you you were looking for (laughs) yes um and uh, and a visualization of a character this is what, what he looks like this is who he is and of yeah. a place. Is, get, is get get immense. the hang of search
1: terms because it so I I find actually searching on personal names works surprisingly well because
0: they they're often tied to a particular period. Mm. Oh, and learn how to do names. Mm. Um and learn how to be consistent with your your naming. And that's again more about uh yeah, you should be you should be able to pull out names for any setting you're in out of your head. Or out of a list you've already compiled, um, what sounds right for the uh, for the setting? And it, it's a it's thing that one, to, one doesn't notice until one realizes. Hang on, this this isn't quite right. Yeah. Um, choose the systems that you can carry around easily in your head, but also learn to use other systems. Mm. If, if even if only for 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 once off, uh, there are systems that have defeated me uh marvel superhero uh role-playing uh marvel heroic role-playing whatever it was called um it 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 didn't work for me and i don't i don't know why hero quest though i think i ought to be able to do it uh doesn't work but i keep going back to it and bashing my head against it i can say that you you can run an
1: interesting game in hero quest because i know because i've played in it um whether it might have been better in another system I can't say because
0: the hero question is what you used yeah (laughs) practice 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 is all that we can say yeah well that's where we started (laughs) This has been Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice and if you wish to send us uh, your uh, list of things GMs really ought to do um, and uh, even your lists of how to avoid burnout or what to do when you burn out anyway we can be reached at uh, Leave a comment on the website or podcast at lee. And we'll be back next month